everyone. Welcome back to Querelian Blast. Today we will be discussing the series finale, season four, episode 13. So for this episode, I move stuff around a little bit. Uh, we usually start with Max and Liz, but since this is the last episode of the show, uh, I thought we'd discuss the plot first and then get into the character. So just so we have a little more time to discuss relationships and dynamics and stuff. So plot-wise, what a mess. <laughs> Don't even know what happened. Like I, I have no idea. Not a clue. Plot happened. So uh just kind of to summarize, um Clyde manages to escape somehow. It takes Rosa because somehow. Rosa is the key to um, getting the science that he, the client needs to go back to Oasis. That's, yeah, sure. that's the best summary I can, I can manage. Um, so my thoughts, essentially, uh, from the first few um, scenes of the, of the episode... All of it was so quick, like plot-wise, the resolution of it all. It was it was three minutes, <laughs> I swear yeah. to God. And then the rest was relationship stuff, which is good yeah. for us. We care less mm. about the plot and more about the people. But I mean, if you literally walked to get a glass of water and came back, you would have missed the entire plot of wrapping up four seasons of plot in, le- in like less than five minutes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, uh, I have a note for this after, but um, yeah, it didn't feel like a serious finale at all. Uh, it's clear that they had more stuff planned before they were cancelled. Um, but continuing with the scenes, uh, it was so funny to me that they had a scene, they cut, and the next scene, Alex and Kyle just up and disappeared. They weren't there anymore. I was like, okay, what? Okay. It was it was the most bizarre. It was like the most bizarre because you're right. It didn't feel like a serious finale. Did it function as one because it had to? Actually, yeah. I mean, it functioned better than I would have thought. But it felt it felt like a like a jump cut fever dream. Like I don't know. I think I'm assuming it was like editing. Like how do we edit this into a series finale when it was really not intended to be one? So my guess is that happened a lot. But yeah, I mean, Alex and Kyle we're not even for one of them for one half of that duo to be getting married in this episode they were not that important for the episode at all which is wild to me well and in this the scene with when they first come out of the portal and stuff and then they're trying to decide what to do i the whole time i was just sitting there going where's alex like the did michael forget about alex like he's so focused on everything else going on like like his his fiance I guess is dying and did he just leave him laying there on the dirt like it's just very awkward right exactly um but as I mentioned so Rosa um is kidnapped by by Clyde um I actually love that she was somehow the key to this whole thing um which was so random and so not like something that was you know, built up upon or like that made sense without what happened earlier in this, but I loved it. Um, I mean, I anytime Rosa is the focus a little bit more than just being the big sister or, you know, the 
undead sister to Liz or something like that. Um, it's interesting and it's um, it's always nice to see her more on screen. So I'm I'm glad that they that we got that. Well, especially because the hint all season has been how important Liz is. And not that she's not important, right? But the hint has always been like, oh, it's Max and Liz. That's the that's the you know sort of key to all of this. And it comes down to the final episode. And really it's it's more Rosa than it is Liz. I mean, obviously Liz, you know, everybody plays a role and Liz is incredibly important. But yeah, I mean, Rosa was centered more than she's really been all season. Just heck of a choice on the very last episode ever, but I love it. Well, I mean, I think that you're right where, I mean, I know that the head of the CW told his shows, you know, like you need to craft a season finale that could also serve as a series finale, but there is very clear in certain plot points in the Rosa stuff in that there was more to it. And that's unfortunate that we're not going to get to see that play out. Um, but Anytime that Rosa is kind of the center of attention, I'm, I'm fine with it because I love Rosa and I love Amber. And so I'm glad we got to focus on her at least a little bit in the last episode. Absolutely. And I put it here in, in my notes because I didn't know where else to put it on the outline. But um, I actually love that she got to go back to New York um, and it's clear that that's her path and that she has her own path and um that little scene she had with Liz about you know being there for Liz and that's you know what that was a sister is there for um which is great I think it really put him into perspective where Rosa is with her own growth and her own her own life that she has chosen you know what to do with her life and the path that she has to follow but at the same time she is very much still focused on on family and and how important that is to her as well as how important art and her journey of recovery are, are to her so it was just a lovely little scene to have um that functions very well for, for like a series finale to have that as early her last few scenes yeah and also, it also said it also felt like even if the show hadn't ended I don't think I think I feel like Rosa wouldn't have continued it, you know it felt like a, it felt like a goodbye in a way that other people didn't necessarily get a goodbye or a, or a sort of well thought out logical goodbye so I think that just sort of that's why it felt like her ending worked better than a lot of, a lot of other characters well, and I think that Rosa as a character has outgrown Roswell. And so I think it's good to show that, you know, and and she's still just a plane right away. Like she showed up, you know, towards the end of this season. I think if we had gotten a fifth season, you know, she probably would have been recurring. But, you know, we could have gotten her without keeping her kind of confined to this place where she isn't necessarily the best person that she could be where I think that she gets to explore who she is more, you know, outside of Roswell. And so I think it was a very poignant ending for her. And I think that that she's kind of reclaimed some of that big sister energy this season. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with where we ended things with her. It was just, it's always, and I, we, you know, we, we can talk about this another time, but it's always it, nice to see Rosa kind of know her 
way forward more than Liz does. You know, like that's just because it's always, it's just been turned around the whole show. And it's just, you know, and it's nice to see Rosa confident and, and important and in feeling that about herself. And then in contrast, you know, Liz, definitely how it ended, definitely not on, you know, sort of solid ground. It's, it was an interesting switch. Totally. And we'll pick that thought back up later when we talk about Liz. Um, so let's go forward with the plot. Um, so Clyde kidnaps Rosa and um, he brings it, brings her into this abandoned church, whatever. They have a lot of abandoned churches in Roswell. It's weird. Um, <laughs> but Shivani is there. So they're still working together. It's funny. It's been funny to me that Shivani is supposedly still kind of under the influence of the mist. At least that's what we're supposed to understand from how Liz talks about it. Um, she's perfectly well compared to how Liz was. Um, and she suddenly gets kind of her morals back when Rosa gets kidnapped, but at the same time, not really. So I don't know. It was a weird vibe for her. Um, and definitely not something that I would have explored in a season finale. Like I, I've been treating this this episode mostly just like a season finale, not really like a series finale. And it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, and it's just, and again, we talked about it before. It all comes down to the, all that addiction stuff and all the myths and all that. The reason it doesn't work is because, as you just pointed out, it doesn't even work character to character, much less something that needed a little bit of time to draw it out. And so Shivani doesn't make any sense. Like, they made her pretty damn redeemable when you know what I mean like in a, in a very quickly and without a lot of resolution whereas she and Liz presumably Shivani's been on this drug a lot longer than Liz or more often and has like such fewer like side effects or I don't know so it's just it, I feel like they they built up Shivani as this sort of like tragic villain-ish character and then had absolutely no idea what to do with her no I agree I was disappointed with the Shivani Allie, Nicole plot as a whole. Um, I think it could have gone so many different ways. And then Shivani just kind of, and I feel like the show kind of does this with, with villains a lot where they, they build them up and build them up and build them up. And then it just kind of peters out and goes nowhere. It's like, they're not willing to like, ever since Noah, it feels like they're not really to do that like final extra push to, you know, make them, I guess, irredeemable you know, and a true villain. I think we only, we always go back to this, but he only, I think, if you take Noah out, because that too was so quick, in my opinion, in season one, take Noah out, the only true villain is Jesse Maines. And they, and they killed him. Oh, I'll always be bitter about that. But anyway, um, so- And then when they made Shivani, Clyde, well, making Clyde the villain, again- Oh my God, yeah. making Clyde a villain it only works so much because we don't care about him right like it only goes so far because it took so long for him to become the villain we were so unsure about him for so long like I don't know like the reason that Noah works so well is because we cared about him we saw him we were involved with him 
and then you know it became this shocking thing Clyde has been kind of a dick since day one but it took the whole season for him to get into that villain role and now he's, he's like a cartoon character mm-hmm. well you yeah. can say that about the villains that we did enjoy over over the show and I know we'll talk about this at some other point but you know, we cared about Noah. We, I mean, when I say cared about, I don't mean we liked them, but like we cared about Noah. We cared about Jesse. We cared about Jones. And mm-hmm. like, you've not, they're, they didn't give us enough time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I just kind of want to um, end the, the Clyde part of the episode first, because the rest that I have regarding the plot is connected to Liz, but um, so essentially to figure out a way to um, not make him pass through the portal, Liz and Kyle are a part of it and Isabel and Max are a part of it. They kind of, you know, uh, help each other and he dies pretty quickly. <laughs> and it, and you were easy, like, okay. easy peasy, done. <laughs> okay. Like very I little okay thought. Because I wanted to move on. Like, no, we have a uh, very limited amount of time. I was totally. like, totally. <laughs> yes, but I, I'll always be bitter about the fact that it took us so long, as we just mentioned, to get Clyde to that point. And then, in typical Roswell fashion, because they do this every single season finale, we get, you know, most of the re- resolution or the climax of the story, if you will, comes into the. Um, episode 12 and second to last episode so in the finale I understand that they want to have time to focus on the characters and their dynamics and resolution of the emotional plots but at the same time the plot plot you know the story feels like there was no point to it the whole season because it's just gone like I think it would have been different if we clearly the next season was setting up you know max to you know to go to oasis or whatever and it would have made more sense like if clyde had escaped to oasis and then max followed him and it was become you know became this sort of battle or whatever the way it is now it just feels like well i was just scream it into the abyss forever is what is the point right like what's the point of a lot of the things that plot wise that they introduce it's just if if in a recap of an episode if the plot part is only like five minutes and you can blow past it, then then you haven't done you haven't done it right. Is what I'm, is the writers you haven't done it right. Well, it feels like the whole point of the the Clyde plot this season was to get Max where he needed to be. Which I mean, that's fair. I mean, he's one of the main characters. But if this was the overarching like narrative of the season, and we don't give a shit, like there's something wrong there. Yeah. And also, this was a, a comment that we got on Instagram from No Worries Elena. Um, it was mostly about Malik's and I think the hopes that people had for Malik's in the sense of um, Alex, you know, healing and which we'll talk about. Um, I think the, the comment is no fire, no handprint, which I think were things people were hoping for from Michael. But um, there was so much that was set up during the season that went absolutely nowhere in the sense of, especially with Clyde and especially with Max's powers, um, 
the blue flame and all of that and it's like okay but it has like it's not important at all in the final run you know in a final uh scene with Clyde and I understand that it's because technically Clyde has all the powers um by that point but yeah you know sure whatever uh, you know I'm, I don't want to be a negative Nancy about all the things that we didn't get out of the season because there's no point it's over it's not like we can they're gonna fix it next season or whatever but I think the the fire the fire thing with Michael is always is always gonna just get me um because as many things the setup was always there the execution wasn't there um and even with Max I mean we just we get so close to these plot points or or to these revelations about their powers and what they can do and then we're just always taking a big step back right when we get to the end all right so I kind of want to transition uh from plot to Max and Liz and the perfect way to do that is saying that we finally got Allie Myers um Sherry Appleby um I mean one actual episode because I don't think Great. the Mindscape episode is really something we can you know consider plot wise um I think one episode is better than nothing <laughs> but cute. Um, it was was it was a, it was just cute in the sense of it was clearly like a fan service thing for the OG it's fine it hurt no one you know it was it was finally nice all that build up I, I I don't know if this was the original plan but what a wild choice to introduce her at the end of season three and then we don't see her until the last episode of season four like what a weird build up I mean I can only hope that the plan was for her to be more of a factor in se- in season five but um I'm, I mean, as somebody who's been every episode of our podcast this season going, where is Allie? Like, at least we got her for a second. I I know. Yeah, it was nice to have her. Um, I think, I mean, it, it did what it had to do. You know, um, she helped uh, Liz um, with, you know, the science to get rid of of Clyde and it makes sense you know the the thing that Liz says about um Ali shaping the way her brain thinks and so she's really the only one that can help at least with the science part not necessarily the alien side of it but she has Kyle there and you know she still has some of her uh knowledge and research and stuff so kind of complement the the science part um I think it worked really well I I think Janine and then Shiri had amazing chemistry honestly so um it just made me mad that we only really got her for like five minutes in the finale that's all it would have been such a good I would just have been awesome to have her as sort of a mentor for longer this season you know not you know not the whole season I don't want her taking you know, time away from the current Liz, you know, and all that, but it was, it was just, they did so well together and it was, you know, nice to see. And, and I think Liz needed somebody to guide her. So I, I wish it could have lasted longer. I will say the, um, and I know it was completely fan servicey, but that last scene with them at the crash down when she took the little headband and then they had the bottles of Tabasco sauce there on the counter. I was like, 
Oh, okay. You got, Again, you got me this time. Fan service is a beautiful thing, especially when a show is ending. Because what do you have to lose? I mean, Roswell, New Mexico, only existed and thrived for four seasons because they have a very low, very vocal fan base. It's not like it has the most. It's not like it, you know. So I mean, I'm fine with most of this episode, except for the Echo. So sorry, being sort of fan service um to what people want you know that i you know i'm okay with that that's what you deserve in a finale yeah i mean that last scene was super cute um i also really really like this scene that she has with shivani at the end um that shows her them kind of reconnecting um and again, like so many of the other things in this episode, and we'll talk about this, I think it's so clear that we're setting up another season. Um, but it was nice in this little kind of bubble. And um, I, there's one detail about Ellie in this whole thing that I had completely forgotten. And I'm so glad that I rewatched the episode before we did the podcast because I completely forgot that Ali figure out a way to save Liz's and Shivani's brains. So the whole time I was rewatching, I was like, does Liz, like, is it, did they just not because mention they, it? They go over then, it, so, it goes over it so quickly yeah. that it's very easy to miss and forget in that like sort of emotional aspect of the show. Cause I did the same thing when I, I rewatched it right before we did this. And there's a few things that stood out to me where I was like, oh, well, so yeah, uh, so okay, I can't. I think we kind of got all the most important plot points. Um, so again, Liz is healed, um, and I think the last really big plot point that we need to talk about, and this launches us into Echo, is Max. Okay, so we got more information about the Oasis and the home planet through more flashbacks slash mindscapes and stuff. We got to see a little bit of Nora, which was nice. And um, Max is actually the savior. Great. <laughs> I mean, he was always going <laughs> to, he was always going to be, you know, like it makes sense. It's fine. It's the, you know, white knight. It's the whatever. Like, ah. Uh, I fucking loved how the show ended with Max because it I'm sure that there are parts of the fandom that absolutely are just sad, but it feeds into this holier than thou hero white knight vision that the show always wanted Max to have and it failed miserably on earth. So maybe on Oasis, it will work. And it, and Max is not pure evil. I mean, he's fine. You know, it's there's a lot to be said about Max. He's a, he's in some ways an interesting character, but I think it's a perfect ending for him. So go be sheriff of Oasis. I would have loved to have seen in season five, like him on Oasis trying to do these good things, looking like this monster who destroyed their planet and kind of the dynamic there and him kind of like coming to terms with that with like a bunch of people who don't see him as the hero I would have loved to have seen that but I agree I think it was the perfect ending for Max and I'm glad it didn't all get tied up into a a neat little little bow for him but yeah 
I the, there's nothing about the finale shocked me except literally nothing, right? Like I, it was all the only thing that really did surprise me was Max leaving, but Max leaving without asking Liz to go with him. Like that's what surprised me. Is like I thought that she was gonna tell him that she was going with him in front of I, the portal. That crash down scene was fucking brutal. Like it was a car crash because I it did not it didn't unfold the way that I thought it was going to. I thought Max was going to say, I really need to do this. Please come with me or, or, you know, whatever. With our powers combined, I don't know what I thought was going to happen. I didn't know that he was going to completely destroy her. And I don't think intentionally, but I didn't know that he was going to be like, all right, well, I, I'm out. <laughs> like, I didn't expect that at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, poor, poor I could find him. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I mean, other than the fact that they're clearly endgame, you know, for a a, a serious finale, even if a season five was planned, clearly they're supposed right. to be together. Like it's you know? no, it's no like sad. You're not like, oh, do, are they meant to be? Do they love each yeah. other? Like, there's no, there's no questioning that. Like, of course they love each other. Of course if we had gotten an actual season five that they planned for, you know that they would end up on the same planet and together. But man, oh man, did I not expect to see, we've complained for three years now that Echo got to say what they wanted to say when they wanted to say it. And Malik's did not. But then look what ship got a happy <laughs> And I feel like an asshole, but it's, it's surpri- it, that's what surprises me because I, mm-hmm. it's just not, and you, obviously that wasn't their, their plan in the beginning, you can tell, but that is a shocking way to end a show you don't really end it with the with the sort of main ship like that, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I when I was when I was watching that, I'm like, surely they're not, surely they're not going to end this show with them on two different planets. And like, yes, they're engaged now, and and that's great. I could not believe it when I was watching it. I was like, if I was an Echo fan, I would be losing my shit. I guess the only way to really it's that it's not like he it's not like he's gone and there's no way to come back you you know like I think it would be different too if he was just like okay I'm going to Oasis and there is no logical way to come back to earth then it would be really heartbreaking but obviously there is a way to sort of travel between the two so it's not quite as heartbreaking but the implication is that he's going to be gone how long does it take to save a planet I don't know can't be a couple days I don't know the implication is he's going to be gone a really long time yeah I actually I loved like I'm sorry I could fans I really am but I loved it like in the sense like if you look at it um character wise and like and dynamic depth wise it's such a good like such a yeah. good plot development the only um, thing I don't love is the idea of Liz pining or or <laughs> putting her life on hold romantically physically emotionally sort of putting that part of her life on hold like for an undefined amount of time or both of them really. But I, you know, that's the only thing where it's like the sort of optics of that. I'm like, ah, either, either if you're going to leave, leave, cut all ties as shitty as that would have been. I feel like that would have made more sense to say, okay, you know, not that Liz would have done that, but it, you know what I mean? There would have been more option, but like being engaged and keeping that tangible, like sort of link between one another is that fair? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And 
I do want to mention another of uh, No Worries Elena's comments. Um, she says, Eka's ending was understandable given the lack of progress they really made, made on the show. Uh, but we know they are linked uh, and season five would have been fun. And I totally agree. I mean, especially in season four, like, like Sarah mentioned, it was shocking that Liz, and Liz didn't even think of going with Max. Now, obviously, they don't know like if Oasis is viable, you know, if humans would survive on Oasis, like that might have been the the thought, but considering how similar the aliens are to the humans, I mean, that could have been like a discussion if this had been an idea that was introduced before literally the last episode of the show. Um, but I mean, yeah, considering season four and where they didn't go as a couple, uh, it makes sense. I, I think it makes total sense. It makes sense like for the narrative and for them where they were as a as a couple at the end of the season it doesn't make sense as a serious finale and that's unfortunate but there was no getting around that if everything had been wrapped up all nice and neat it would have it would have felt false it would it would have been false the whole thing so yeah it makes sense i do like where they they ended but it just doesn't feel like an ending for a serious finale I do. I appreciate that Max at least got to say goodbye to people. I mean, I, I, all of it was rushed. I mean, again, we could say it till we're blue in the face. It was clear that that was not the, the intention, but it was nice to see that it's clear in the way that he acted it or said it is that it's something he's been thinking about. Now, would it have been nice to get a glimpse of that ever? Yeah. I mean, maybe a little inkling that this was going on, but it, they, the way they played it worked out really well. I mean, it, it came out as sort of a logical move for Max. Like, it didn't feel irrational. It didn't feel dumb. It felt like, of course, Max is going to do this. Like, duh. So um, Liz was going to propose um, in the finale, which honestly, I, I kind of wanted to see, just to see how she would do it, what she would say. Um, I was kind of man when Max figured it out and asked, ask her or like said yes and she didn't get to actually ask him um I think that would have been nice but I I have to admit I really like the parallels with episode one like the the hand with the ring going back into the pocket you know all of these things um felt really nice at honestly. least one couple in the show should have gotten a good parallel with episode one if not all of I mean all of them can't but at least one of them did and that was not it was a good, it was a good ending for them. Like beautifully shot. They are addicted to that bright light behind Echo always illuminating them. So, you know, it was in, well acted. It was a good, it was a good little ending. All right. Do we have anything else to say strictly about Max and Liz? No, no, no the only thing I will say is, man there's something powerful about seeing Liz crying while she's like shoveling food in her mouth you know like in the cash down because like I felt those vibes like very strongly I was like you know what I have never felt more in tune with the tv character in my life because I have been there so it's just like this idea I was like I just want that gift all the time the only thing that I have left to add is um 
they just they just managed to shove one more you're my turquoise in there right at the end with that we don't talk about we don't talk about that okay we don't talk about it it doesn't happen i don't know if they wanted the turquoise line to take off in the way that like cosmic did or or never look away or you know whatever pick pick a romantic line out of the whole show but i just i just want to i just want to tell them that the lasting legacy of Roswell, new mexico is the cheesy turquoise line and the forty-seven thousand harry potter references um okay so let's move to um kind of every other character in there there is a malix because we'll talk about malix for 400 years so um colin isabel emory and dallas which are kind of their own little neat group um i really really enjoyed the scene that had maria and kyle talking about isabel and and dallas kind of uh towards the beginning of the episode um it was super cute like i think i think kyle and maria is kind of an underrated dynamic a little bit just because we didn't really see much of them throughout the show but um such such fun and so cute uh the way maria just called isabel her sister just just like that you know technically that's not the relationship but fun um and yeah i really liked the way kyle talks about isabel and the way yeah. maria talked about dallas it would have been nice and you put it in your notes but it would have been nice maybe to see conversations with the actual people in the relationships you know i mean it would have been, you know kyle and isabel to have like an actual little bit of a conversation would have been nice but uh, you know at the very least we got visually like visual confirmation that they're together there was more of a focus on maria and dallas than i thought there would be which is not a bad thing by any means um i just i kind of assumed the the focus would be on kyle and isabel because we'd had that sort of lead up to that but you know overall i'm very happy they're together um we sort of figured that maria and dallas were headed in that direction clearly they're not related so um well, I mean, I'm clearly. <laughs> okay. Well, I would hope they wouldn't go there. I don't know. I would hope that they're. I'm hope they're not. Surely not, right? Um, but you know, so it's uh, there's not a whole lot to say because I don't think there was a lot of substance, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a they're good ships, and they're good ships for a reason. They have good chemistry, all of them. Kyle and Isabel are just so cute. I could fucking scream. They're just so adorable together. Like it's too much for my brain. Um, and Maria and Dallas um, actually like lit my screen on fire. Like just absolutely hot, hot, hot. So good choice. Glad this is how we ended the show. I'm sad that we don't get to see the evolution of Kyle and Isabel's relationship after they get together, because I feel like Kyle's going to become the embodiment of just like by wife energy. And oh, I think the spinoffs we could have had, the the vision, the things that we could, we should, we should have are, are are never ending. Like just the also the imagine being married to a woman like or married, whoa, <laughs> dating a woman like Isabel, right? Like her energy, like this poor man, she's gonna do things to him in the bedroom that he just cannot you know what I mean like we just that we know that part of Isabel is there and we've forgotten that sort of dominatrix part of Isabel 
so we have that part and then just imagine him trying to wrangle her in day-to-day life like I love it and I want 4,000 fix of them like as a couple and then like having kids or something I don't know I uh this is gonna show my history nerd side really briefly it made me when I think of of Kyle trying to wrangle Isabel. I think of that line that um, I think it was FDR. I don't know, but he had his daughter Alice, and he said, "I can either run the country or I can control Alice. I can't do both." And I just imagine Kyle being like, "I can fix whatever science thing is going on, or I can, can or I can wrangle Isabel. You got to pick." <laughs> I just, you know, it's one of those. So rarely do you see ships that you know beyond the scope of the actual show that you're watching like that's a good match they are built to sort of last for one another the foundation has been laid this makes sense i think there are two couples like that on roswell one of them being malik's the other being isabel and kyle we'll leave echo out because it's this whole thing but those two foundations have been laid this all makes sense they actually do, not to be cheesy, but they actually do fit together very well. And so it's, again, a little bit more time spent on maybe establishing them as a couple. Maybe that would be the only thing I would change. But at the end of the day, they're together and that's all that really matters. Like them bitches are getting married in the future. We all know that. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I, I'm so happy that it's very like 100% clear that they're together. Uh, at the end of the show um because something like what maria and dallas got which is on obviously a completely different um dynamic and a completely you know different kind of development for for a relationship but what they had i could not have handled for kyle and isabel so i'm glad that that's what they got again i would have liked a conversation but it's I mean, it's fine. They're cute like that. And I think Kyle specifically is so sweet with her. Um, and, you know, Isabel does have, you know, her whole kind of very controlling personality and, and that side of her. But at the same time, I, I do think she needs someone like Kyle that does have this very sweet, caring side to him and will take care of her if, if and when she needs it. Well, the, um, even the strongest of people need t- like tenderness. It needs someone to to look out for them <laughs> because I'm gonna tell you right now, a woman like Isabel. I mean, I, I feel like most of the women in my life are very like strong, feisty. It, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you still need someone who is level headed and tender with you and allows you to be vulnerable. And that's why they they work so well together. Not that Kyle's a doormat, and not that he would let somebody run roughshod over him. But he is more understanding and, you know, understands that Isabel has a lot of emotions and she is sort of impulsive in a lot of ways. And I think he's just calmer and more rational and is not going to like lose his shit all, you know, like she's just absolutely perfect. He is who we thought Noah was for Isabel, you know, in a way that she has really needed. I mean, I'm glad that she was with Anatza, even if that wasn't handled very well. And I'm glad that it took her so long to be with someone again. Her journey makes the most sense. And I'm glad that Kyle was at the end of it. Okay, so um, Maria and Dallas, again, so hot. So hot. 
you know what, Amanda, I'm still not 100% sure on that sibling status. But Why? Why are you unsure? Because. Luke and Leia made out once and then they were siblings. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. No, you know it was That's more fair. like how the plot went during the season and we're like, okay, but are we supposed to think this? You know, but no, I just think that was typical Roswell of... For the Put future television flags. writers of the world, leave, how about just leave no question? Like, until until you know 100% that people are not related, let's just not have them kiss and make out. Like, let's just, there should never be a podcast for a show where they're like, hmm, hmm. are they related? And they just made out? Like, there should be no question. This is not Game of Thrones. So, yeah, maybe leaving it a little up in the air was a little, not the best choice. I think my like the thing that I get stuck on was we never saw Maria's dad's face. Yes. And why in that picture with Mimi was it turned away from the camera? Like if that wasn't supposed to be a plot point, why? You know, why do we never see his face? So that maybe that was something season five. I know. But no, yeah, that's just generally like their relationship they're so cute together and I really liked um what Maria said about feeling safe with Dallas and I I like that they helped each other develop their abilities and and feel you know more more secure and more safe in their in themselves really and I I really I would have really liked a season five for them and see where that was going especially with Dallas leaving and um, exploring that and maybe coming well, back and seeing where their relationship could have because gone. we've also gotten so many times where the, I mean we've got we got to see Maria with Michael for quite a long time but now this is the second time where Maria's gotten into, into a ship or into a relationship that I really like and then it was just obviously nothing afterwards by either them never bringing Gregory back or it sort of um the show ending like <laughs> i want Mar- i want maria in like an, a well-established relationship that is clearly meant to be and meant to last and it just sucks with someone who is stuck around right exactly i'm glad you mentioned greg because the, we finally in the last episode got a gregory mention um <laughs> super funny because she just mentioned him to tell alex that she wasn't going to go back you know to be with Gregory which honestly at this point you haven't mentioned him for the whole season yeah who is Gregory at this point like what does it matter like let you know whatever it was a shit that I really enjoyed but I mean it's been so long now we can just pretend it never happened it's fine also I don't I don't think Alex would care like why would he you know (laughs) just beyond the fact that he's Maria's best friend and he would care in a like I care about you and your relationship status you know um all right. Uh, anything else about these four characters I want to talk about? Okay. So let's do it. Let's get into the Malik's part of it all, um, which will last forever and ever. <sighs> okay, basic thing. They're married. Yay! Okay, show. We made it. The the parallel between where we started and where we ended is just 
astounding, <laughs> right? Like there, you know, is it, was it sort of the perfect, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter if it was perfect or not. They're married. That's all that matters. But it, it, would I have liked to have seen a little bit more of the like vows and that, you know, that make that, yes, of course. But if you just think back on like the first three episodes of season one, just, just the idea that we're here, but we're here. And even if it felt um, uh, rushed in some ways, this has been so long in the making. This makes perfect sense. Like, it's not like it came out of nowhere. Just like I was talking about with Isabel and Kyle, it makes sense. We've, we've, we've had this road and we've been on it and it makes sense where we ended up. Can I just say, you mentioned like wanting to see their vows and stuff. When they cut to the pony and it was very clearly the reception, I said that I'm like, they better fucking not. Like, did we not get to see the wedding? I was ready to turn the TV off and tell you guys that I quit. <laughs> so when they cut to, to the wedding, like, yeah, I would have liked to have heard the wedding, but I'll take it because I initially thought that we weren't going to get to see it at all. Yeah, I mean... You know, we got most of the elements that I assumed we would get, like a really terrible 90s song that I really thought was going to die and I didn't think I would hear it again. Um, you know, like just all the cute little elements. Like I, that's, I, it's everything I would have wanted minus seeing some like more emotional vows. But we've also gotten 4,000 instances of these vows to one another from the beginning, really. You know what I mean? So it doesn't, we don't need all of that in the sense that we've had those vows over and over again. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, it felt weird to see the wedding as kind of a flashback. Um, it's just like, why would you do that, you know, other than to put the music on those scenes? But um, of all the know, songs, yeah. why? God, I was so embarrassed. So embarrassed. It was because, listen, I have no idea. I, I didn't know the song. It's, you know, it was a cute song. It was fine. Um, I would have liked to have, you know, maybe more of a throwback to their song, you know, to Alex's song. Of course. Like yeah. maybe Michael learning to play that or something like that. But I understand that we had that on the show before. So no, the, the song itself was just this massive, 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 massive hit when it came out. And it played at every school dance, right? Like, I mean, I, you, it was just so everywhere and became like an overplayed wedding song that it's funny that that's the song that they chose because the minute it started, I was like, oh, kill me. Got it. Okay. <laughs> like, but it, it makes sense for them, especially the lead up with Michael about embarrassing his husband or whatever. Like, it makes sense. It was just funny. I just was not expecting that song. But it's also like, God, Ember, we're reading way too much into it, but it's also, it was this song that was just so, I don't know, like my mom went to lesbian bars in the nineties and she said that song was like everywhere, even there. Like it became this sort of like, it played it for everyone. Like it was like breaking barriers with like sexuality and all this. It was just, it's just funny that that's the song that they chose. I love it. It was a good choice. I really like that though. Um, so yes, I everything they the two of them said to each other in this episode was like, oh my god, please kill me, like just kill me, um, absolute cringe, fucking fest. I love it. I don't care. I don't care, honestly. But uh, so let's start with the song. I really like the fact that we did have music 
for them in the finale as well because as we know it's a big thing for them um so michael finally getting to play something to and for alex was the best thing um that it was in the pony paralleling alex doing the same right um the fact that he said i'm gonna embarrass my my husband on purpose yes it's just so oh my God. when he called him yeah. his husband i was like i'm just gonna expire on the couch i think it's fine. it's almost like i it, it's almost like being in a dream because we've wanted this for so long and it's it's been such a weird like year in terms of like fandom and, and being involved and and the excitement it's still so deeply personal to watch them and what, how the way they talk about one another like it's just it really feels like this is like 10 years of my life waiting for this to happen so yes it was cringy as shit and I loved every second of it like I mean Sanders being there and Maria with Alex and just every part of it is just fan service or not is exactly what we deserve. Totally, totally, 100%. So yeah, we get the flashbacks to the actual wedding and preparation to the wedding. We get Maria with Alex, which they're seeing, though the weird mention about Greg was very cute. And Maria walks Alex down the aisle, which was, I don't know, it felt so perfect. And so like the only other way that I could have thought about it would, would would have been both Maria and Liz kind of walking Alex down the aisle together but Maria was the perfect perfect choice and I loved that and I loved this is kind of cheesy and kind of weird but I I love that little kind of hug that she gives to to Michael and the three of them together which was weird to me knowing what we know about you know where the show went with the three of them in past seasons, but it was cute. And I really liked that actually. Um, and then we got, like you mentioned, we got a really cute pot squad scene before the, um, the wedding with Michael freaking out, which was, was super cute. Um, and bringing Sanders in and Sanders giving um, Michael the, I don't know. Was it a ring? Was it the ring? I was because they never showed it, right? No, yeah, I, think I have it no was idea. Just a pocket, um, pocket square or something like that. What? Okay. Wasn't it? It was just like a, like a piece of fabric. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was in the fabric. No clue. Oh, okay. Well, it might have been the rings. It might have been. The I rings. hate this fucking show. <laughs> well, I, I don't think we saw the rings inside the what? Whatever. He gave him something. Um, and their hug was super cute. So, um, and just the fact that it's so clear that Sanders is Michael's, you know, father figure. Um, and he was there and um present to the wedding, and and Michael got to have someone someone that is not the pot squad being his family there and to represent that for him. That's just lovely. So um and again, with those sweet things that we're saying to each other when they're dancing and Alex, you know, Michael is like, I married my high school sweetheart, which was, <laughs> bro, I was crying Fuck the off. whole time. Like, shut up. Like, I, you know, it's just, I think it's, you know, part of the reason that Malik was such a good ship in the beginning for me is that um, I too am like emotionally stunted sometimes. And like, 
I don't want to hear all the romantic words all the time. You know what I mean? Like it's been, it's a hard adjustment to hear them talk to each other like this. It's wonderful and beautiful. But the reason I loved the ship in the beginning was because they said a lot without saying it, right? Like, and they weren't overly romantic. They were too tortured for that. And so to be here now where they say such cheesy things to one another and such sweet things to one another. I mean, it's never going to not take me by surprise. Like it's never going to not. So to hear Michael say that, I'm like, it's like cringy, but like good cringy. Like, I can't believe we made it to the point where Michael Guerin can be a cringy fucking idiot. It's very exciting. Who knew that his final form would be like cheesy husband? Like what growth what evolution and like, like you you can we can see him as a dad like yeah. like we can see him now more clearly than ever what he would be like as a dad or what he will be like and it is cheesy and embarrassing and i love it just like the king of dad jokes we we've, we've been robbed here of not getting to see dad michael yeah I just think back at past seasons and between that line and Alex saying he wants to be Alex Garin, um, that was so good because you think back to season, I don't know, I think it was season two, um, and knowing that Michael got that name because he, he wasn't adopted and he got stuck with that name. Um and Alex wanting, you know, choosing to have that name for himself. Um, well, and there's also something poetic about the fact that he called, they call each other Garen and Maines to keep, well, ostensibly in the beginning, to keep a distance between them. It sort of changed in the end, you know, he ended up saying Maines, Michael ended up calling Alex Maines even when it wasn't really that way. But that's sort of how they set it up, is to keep this distance between them and, and Alex calling him Garen for so long and it so there's something really equally poetic now about taking on that name and then you know that name becomes not a symbol of distance between them but the thing that ties them together and and that was a good move and obviously the one that makes the most sense of course you'd want to give up mains he's not he doesn't want to be a mains man right like he even said i don't want to be the mains man standing in your way or whatever and he's not now literally and i know we've we've still got like and Gregory whatever Gregory's different but like the, this being like the end of the mains men you know it's just that final like mm, to Jesse I think it's all it's just it's also a sign of you know one more sign of Alex being able to let go of things and move forward um with a new start and and you know there's a whole debate about changing your name especially with women and everything when you get married but at the end of the day it's a choice and it's a personal choice and it's a personal decision and a lot of Alex's decisions and things got taken away from him in various points of his life so it's nice to know that he le- he leapt into it with whole heart I mean I you know the the implication wasn't that Michael asked him right like the implication was this is what Alex wanted and and he's the one that you know brought it up and all of that and I think that's that's a beautiful, that's a brilliant move. It's a small thing, but brilliant. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, the implication is that they never really discussed it because Michael was so surprised about it. Um, so I really like that. And just with the whole wedding and what their ending is, just 
if you th- again, if you think back at past seasons and, and Michael saying, you know, I, I wanted to go to college and I had all these ideas about uh, what my life would be. And and even if you think about them when they were in high school and and what those little few scenes that we got of them when they were teenagers were like and how how hopeful they, they could be about the future. Oh. I get so much love about the two of them. It's just such a perfect ending for the two of them. Um, because, it, well, and I think it also is nice that for once we had one season out of four, which granted, I wish there'd been more, but one season out of four where we never once questioned their feelings for one another. We never, I don't think at any point in this podcast for this season, have we been like, oh, I don't know if they love one another. <sighs> Right. Or, or I don't know what their future is in, in terms of, you know, I hope Alex isn't dead kind of conversation, but never question them as a relationship um, in a way that we did with Echo. And that was really nice. A whole season where we knew, you know, as long as Alex didn't die or no one died, that, that they were good to go. Um, it would have been nice, obviously, if we gotten more episodes with the two of them. I mean, we've only had like four out of the whole season, but what a take we can get. Uh, but it's proof that you can have a ship that is in love with one another and together. And there is outside drama that is not the relationship that it is possible. Yeah. Um, so one other little, little detail um, was them dancing, like in all the back, <laughs> all the backgrounds of everyone else talking, which was super cute. Um, and I think mom said that Tyler was trying to get him to laugh the whole time. So that was just super cute to know. Um, and then their ending is them just, you know, leaving Roswell together, ostensibly because of their honeymoon. But um, I think that's just perfect for the two of them. I think Roswell has been a place that has, you know, not not just so much history, but it's, you know, connected to so much trauma for the both of them. And, well, and also they deserve a chance for the world to see them and them to yeah. see the world together. You know, like Roswell is, if not in real life, in the show, a small town, you know, and they've been so isolated and their relationship has sort of grown in isolation <clears throat> that it's nice to see them not only interact with other characters in the show, but take it beyond that and sort of and grow beyond that. And, I, you know, what I would have loved to see is like, like just, you know, leave forever, <laughs> like, go off and make a life somewhere else. Obviously that's, you know, maybe that could have been the plan if this were an actual finale that somebody had planned, but um, it is nice to see them exploring beyond Roswell. I uh, think there's some, I, there's lovely like imagery here of, you know, Alex has a perfectly nice vehicle, but they are going to ride off into the sunset in Michael's shitty truck. <laughs> That means so much to them. Like that was, that was just perfect that they're, they're going to, they're going to end this going off um, in this truck that has a lot of symbolism for them. I, I, I thought that was the perfect ending for them, for the show that we could have gotten. Yeah. I love that because there, if you think about this so much of the important Malik scenes that take take place in or around that truck so um yeah it's lovely all right um anything else about malik specifically 
because I have a little few notes about the episode. Um, I just want to say that I loved Alex's line in that scene with Maria about like being against marriage as a teenager. And he's like, well, I was a gay emo kid <laughs> in a small cowboy town. And he looked so, he looked very Alex in his wedding outfit, and it, but still had that little bit of the Western player with that thing that kind of looked like a bolo. I just, it was perfect. It was perfect. The only thing that would have made it better, their whole wedding look, was if um, Garen had shaved the mustache. Don't talk to me about it. Don't talk to me about it. I ignore that. I ignore that it exists. It just doesn't exist. We're going to, I want to Photoshop like different Michael's face on wedding Michael. Like I don't want to, you know, whatever. But I think that line that you brought up about the gay emo kid also is important because I also have to remember, sometimes I forget because we have, we don't get a lot of flashbacks. I mean, this, we're talking about him and Michael in high school in like 2008 and you know ostensibly graduated in 2008 whatever it was whatever the timeline is and that's so far you know seven years before gay marriage was legalized in this country um and you know there was sort of talks before then in different states or whatever but it would have been outside of his realm of possibility don't ask don't tell all that stuff when he was in the military and so it's such a poignant line because it wouldn't have been something he could imagine happening. It would have been absolutely impossible. It wouldn't have been legal. And so to know that we came from that to here just a few short years away, I mean, it's very emotional. Yeah, 100%. Um, So just before we move on to my few little notes, I did want to mention, because they were essentially all comments about being happy for Malik's, Everyone that commented and sent in questions, and we have a few, I just want to mention their names since it's one of our last few episodes. Um, Adventures with a tween, Cricketty, and Never Look Away, not really. Um, no worries, Elena, which I've mentioned before. Um, just thank you for sending in questions. And yeah, the, essentially they were all happy that the, the wedding happened. Um, and before we finish the episode, I had a few notes. My... <laughs> Like what the one funny thing that I thought about when I finished the episode was no one died. I'm shocked. Uh, I cannot yeah. believe it. I mean, I don't think I've ever watched a show where you get to the end and like no one of consequence in terms of like main characters died and, and stayed dead, I guess we should say. I mean, I guess a lot of them have died, but none of them stayed dead. I'm shocked. With the with the Rosa and Clyde and Shivani stuff. For a minute there, I thought it's going to be Rosa. And then Liz is going to be like, you know, yes, she's gone, but I've got, I got this chance to kind of repair that relationship. And we got to a better place and Rosa was in a better place. And now I've made peace with it. I, I when that was happening, I was like, this is what it's somebody, because I thought somebody was going to die too. And for a good chunk there, I thought it was going to be Rosa. I was, I would have only been, I would have been heartbroken about anyone except for Max. Like, you know what I mean? Like if that, had, okay, whatever, you know, it would have been the same result, you know, sad Liz at the end or whatever, but anyone else, I was like, I'm not prepared for this. And I just can't believe we made it all the way to the end. And it's just, that's awesome. And I think again, and this is, uh, that was my last note is that I think it's essentially because I had a season five plan. 
probably if we had gone on a season five and that had been our series finale, I think then probably someone would have died. Um, I don't know who. Um, I don't know. Max, Kyle, I don't know. Someone. Um, you keep Kyle's but, mouth name out of your mouth. Know, we know, we don't. I'm sorry. Um, I think it essentially ended like any other season of Roswell with Max somehow leaving and not being there. I think season three is the only one where he <laughs> it ends and he's there, like present and okay. On a scale of we got the season that we wanted and they ended it the way that they wanted versus <clears throat> ending it having no idea and it ended on a literal cliffhanger. I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with that sort of unfinished feeling because imagine if it had ended with like, we aren't sure if Alex is dead or Kyle is dead. And you know, that's just where we live in limbo forever. I'll take this. I'll take the as 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 satisfying of an ending as we were ever gonna get with a show that's been canceled. Well, and you it's so rare these days to have like a genre show or a drama or something like this where you don't lose a major character. And so it's, you know, I think that's why we were all like, oh, someone's gonna die. But it's refreshing to kind of have it where everyone is at the very least in an okay place. And we're not spending the last 10, 15 minutes of a show mourning the death of somebody that we've spent years caring about. Agreed. Yeah. Um, again, I think it's it's frustrating that it's so clear that they had so much so much stuff in place and planned for another season. Um Dallas and Maria, Max going off to Oasis, Liz and whatever her path would be, um, Kyle and Isabel, you know, um, I think season four, a lot of it felt like kind of a transition season in the sense that there wasn't much plot wise, a lot of episodes kind of felt like filler episodes, um, so knowing it was like going into it knowing it was last season felt even more frustrating um when that was what we got um I don't know I think we discussed it at some point I don't know how how much of it was because there was no it was the first season with no Karina influence whatsoever and I don't know how much of an impact that had um I would think no maybe she would have wanted to be credited for it but i i mean the the co-creator was the same so i don't think how i don't know how much of her plan he knew because i know she had a plan for the five seasons i don't know how much he knew about it um probably she would have wanted to be credited if they went in a direction that she had planned but um i don't know just so much stuff to be thought about what could have happened in season five and what could have happened in season four if you know it we had a plan for season five and that was something that was happening and um we weren't going into a season knowing it was the last one and being like oh it's the last time we see this so it's the last chance we have to do that and, and you know stuff like that 
All right. Um, so uh, I mentioned the questions already. So we're launching into favorite part of the episode. Let's start with Amanda. I, I again, I'm, it's just got to be, it can't be Malik's, right? Like, just because that would be my favorite part of the episode. But mine is going to, I think, surprise, surprises even me. I think it's when Max breaks her heart in the damn crash now because I wasn't expecting it. Because when he, when they started that conversation, I thought he was going to say something romantic. And then when he was like, well, that's why I make, you know, this, that makes it that much harder for me to say what I'm going to say or whatever the phrase was. Cause I was like, do you have some balls? Like, I don't understand, you know, like it just, that surprised me. And the fact that he didn't ask her to come with him. So I actually, am going to say that Max and Liz scene, which might be the first time I've ever picked an echo scene. Who would have thought in the year of our Lord 2020, we witnessed Max Evans breaking up with Liz or Tech? That's my like, guess. Kind of- that's what it is, is that obviously he did it, you know, in, in true Max fashion, like, oh, I'm being selfless or whatever. Like, I'm going to save lives. But I, I never would have expected that. Uh, can, I, can I say Michael and Sanders or does that count as Malik's related? Because it would it would probably be Mike the Michael and Sanders stuff or um, you know I waited so long for Allie and as an OG fan I really liked that scene at the crashdown with Liz and Allie um, I wish you know obviously wish we'd gotten more of them um, but yeah it would probably be Michael and Sanders or Liz and Allie those are good good picks um, I would say. I think I really liked the Maria and Dallas stuff. Um, it kind of surprised me. Um, kind of, again, frustrating in the sense I, I wish we could have gotten more, but um, I really liked it. I really liked their chemistry. The kiss was super hot. I did not expect a kiss. Like, it was kind of took me by surprise. Um, the whole uh, chess playing stuff throughout the whole season was kind of weird, but kind of cute. Um, so yeah, I'll say Dallas and Maria. Okay, guys, that was our series finale recap. So we do have another episode plan, which will be maybe in a month or something like that. Um, our plan is to kind of recap the whole show and um, just talk about stuff that we haven't talked about in a while that comes up when we rewatch or the show as a whole. That as a whole. So if you guys have anything else that you want us to talk about, um, feel free to comment or send us a message on Instagram, Tumblr, or Twitter uh, at Queer Island Blast. We're always there. And it's always nice to hear from y'all. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening throughout this whole season. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.